You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of WholeNonSports.com where you can find all my written work. Yesterday was taped Tuesday, so we're going to switch it from film focus to numbers focus because those two are perpetually at war. Uh, but first, we're going to take a look at what getting to strength means for our Gators this week uh, because we are at near full strength. Uh, then we'll get into the numbers by taking a look at Florida according to PFF and by taking a look at Florida Kentucky series as a whole. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Lockdown Gators wherever you listen to podcasts that you never miss an episode. Also, be sure to subscribe to Lockdown Gators on YouTube and thank you for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Now, we're talking about our new, near, near, we'll say near full strength Florida Gators this week. Um, of course, we've had Anthony Richardson, who's our quote unquote backup quarterback. Uh, you know how it is. Like everybody calls him the backup. Uh, he plays about a third of the drives when he's healthy. Uh, but Dan Mullen insists that he does not have one starter and backups. He has two starters and backups. And so Anthony Richardson, our second starting quarterback, uh, is likely coming back this week. I don't know. I, I'm still rolling with what I've heard that until he is 100% healthy and they know he's 100% healthy and he's going to be 100% healthy, uh, he won't play the Planet Ski Mountain of Georgia is what I've been told. I don't know how accurate that is, but that, that's what I've been told is the idea so far or to this point. Uh, but he's coming back to eat his hamstring, so he'll be back here. Uh, Kair Elam is a 100% and expected to play. Um, what we've been told about that is that he could have played against Tennessee, but um, I mean, it was, it was kind of disrespectful how, uh, how Florida's coaching staff approached the post Tennessee uh, game. Like all the, all the questions and the interviews and press conferences and all that stuff where they were kind of just like, look, we, we knew what Tennessee was going to do. Um, Kair could have played if we thought he needed him, but we didn't need him. Like we knew what they were going to do. We, we weren't worried. They're not threatening all that, all that bullshit that they said. But uh, at the same time, like you probably shouldn't be talking that talk if the defense blew two coverages completely or well, one coverage completely that gave up the big 75 yard touchdown. They broke down yesterday on tape Tuesday and uh, the defense just, get whiffed a whole bunch of times and gave up a 47 yard touchdown on a screen. So you probably shouldn't be like, we're so big and bad when that's what you do. Uh, on two of the opening three drives for Tennessee, that's like, that's, it's not super impressive that you blew two big plays. Uh, that's just not, I like, I wouldn't talk to, I wouldn't talk about how easy it was when that's what happened. Um, and I'm all for talking, but if I'm a coach, I'm, I'm going to make sure that like we didn't make huge mistakes and in on defense and then talk about how easy defense was. Um, sure. For the most part, it was pretty easy, but at the same time, if you're going to make flat out boneheaded mistakes like that, probably shouldn't talk that talk like that. Um, so Kyrie Lim is back though. And 
I mean, we're going to get into Avery Helm in a little bit, uh, who I know I've been kind of hard on, given his start to the year wasn't stellar. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't stellar. Um, but we're going we're gonna to get to him in the second segment when we talk about PFF numbers and how he's done, what his coverage numbers are, because they're pretty damn good. Um, but Kyrie Elam is back, so expect Kyrie Elam opposite Avery Helm and Jason Marshall rotating in still. Uh, I, don't, I don't know when... They plan on stopping that if they plan on stopping them, but it's been working so far. So I, I don't know if there's a plan to stop that. Also, the offensive line is getting, um, you know, they, they got banged up last week, uh, but we are uh, approaching a point where they're getting healthy. Stuart Reese, Gene Delance, and Kingsley Eglacon is all, Eglacon is are all cleared, all good to go um, from what we've been told, which by the way, that's that's literally right tackle to center or center to right tackle, whichever order you want to go in. But the the right side of the line and the center, um, what we've been told is Gene Delance last week when he got banged up was cleared to come back in, but uh, but they were kind of just like, hey, we don't need it, um, which is fine because Michael Tarkin replaced him and Tarkin made that made a key block on Emory Jones's 49-yard rush, which, I mean, if you watched yesterday or listened to yesterday's episode, you know he came up and just cleaned up number 33 for Tennessee. If, I'm sorry, I forgot the name. But he just cleaned up number 33 for Tennessee and took him completely out of the play and helped spring that huge run. So, I mean, you know, it, at that point, right tackle is kind of in the spot where we're like, ah, we'll take the lance out, we'll put the lance in, and, and we'll rotate around there. Uh, it's kind of in my corner too, where it's like, hey, wh- whoever's best equipped for it right there. Uh, so that that's where we're rolling. But the team looks like they're back to full strength, which is huge because we're heading into more difficult SEC play. Of course, Kentucky, Georgia coming up, LSU coming up. We're, we're getting into the thick of it um, on a more consistent basis, obviously. We'll play- Alabama last week, weeks ago now, and that's uh, that's about as tough as you're going to get. But um, now we've got more consistent competition instead of just you know South Florida bleh, and then tough Alabama and then bleh, Tennessee. Um, now we've got Kentucky's a good football team this year; they could put up some points. And then we've got Georgia, and their defense is playing out of their freaking minds right now. And LSU is always a tough matchup, even if they're not a great football team this year. They weren't a great football team last year, and look what happened. So it, it, it's intense. We're going to take a look at some of the numbers, but I just want to know: Did anybody else make money this weekend? Because like I, I know I did. I know that for a fact. I made. Hmm. Hmm. I made quite a bit. I'm just going to let you know that right now. Uh, like I said uh, yesterday. I had never hit on more than like a three-game parlay before Saturday, and Saturday I hit a five-game parlay, so that was pretty dope, and I had a round-robin set up, so it essentially doubled what I made, which was really cool. Uh, then on Sunday, I almost hit a parlay. I did hit every round-robin except for the ones including the one game that blew my parlay um, because the Chargers missed a freaking extra point. That's what happened to me. I did it all using Bet Online because Bet Online covers everything, including award shows, TV shows, and reality TV, with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It is your best place to honestly make any bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and sign up and receive your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code LOCKED ON, that is L O C K E D, no space. Oh, and now I know yesterday we took a look at the film and then this week or from now on, I'm going to try to break in some more, uh, some more numbers 
because I know that there are film guys around or, or gals and there are film people, there are analytics people. Uh, I'm going to bring you both together here because that's what we do in Florida and that's what we do for these Gators. And on Locked On Gators, it's a family show and we're all family here. Um, first off, I'm going to talk about Florida being ranked 15th in pass blocking grade. I'm not going to get into the grades too much because personally, not a huge fan of grades like this. Um, in analytics, I'm into grades. I'm not super into, but there are people that are into grades. So I'm, I'm going to mention a couple of them. Uh, Florida ranks 15th in pass blocking grades so far, according to PFF. They're first in rushing grade, but in run blocking grade, 95th in the country. So run blocking hasn't totally been there consistently. It's a, a lot of it has been our running our, our ball carriers. I won't say running backs because we've got Emery and we've got Anthony, but our, our, our ball carriers really, really making plays and making something out of nothing. Uh, Damian Pierce, 64.5% of his rushing yards this year have come after contact. So a lot of Damian Pierce's production has been Damian Pierce's production. Like I know we talk about uh, the Giants are a common one, drafting a running back number two overall with a terrible offensive line. This year, the Steelers drafting a running back in the first round with a terrible offensive line and how so few running backs can create when an offensive line is not creating for them. Damian Pierce is creating for himself. 64.5% of his yards after contact. Um, and I know, you know, last year, if you watched Florida, which I'm assuming you did, uh, a lot of our runs were on gap designed runs. Uh, so 61% of our runs were gap scheme runs last year. And if you listen to this show in the offseason, which I hope you did, but if you listen to the show in the offseason, I spoke very frequently about how this team is likely going to go wide zone a lot. That's something that you know we're, we're built to do this year, especially with Emery and Anthony Richardson. We're built to go wide zone a lot this year. This year, they have gone more wide zone. 57.2% uh, of all designed runs this year have been zone blocking schemes for the Gators. And I mean, that's, that's huge. You look at last year, we had 1,620-ish uh, rushing yards on designed runs this year. And that was through 12 games. This year through four games, we're at, I believe, 1,160 uh, rushing yards on designed runs. So this rushing attack is obviously significantly improved. A lot of that's to do with quarterback, running backs developing and all that, all, all that stuff. But I think a lot of it also is the scheme going from gap-based to zone-based because I mean, zone zone base is like amazing if you know how to run it right. And Florida's running it very well right now. Specifically, the wide zone been insanely productive on carries outside the tight end on either the left or right side. The Gators have been killing it. Combined, seventy three carries for six hundred and forty nine yards and six touchdowns. That is eight point nine yards per carry when you run outside the tight ends. So Florida, I know Kamori Gamble, Keon Zipper have been huge for this offense blocking wise. I know that we've on a, a lot of this like, you know, uh, split zone that we've been running, which I love and I'm not going to get into. But yeah, that's something we've been running a lot and to huge success. Florida's getting going in these wide, in these wide zone runs and it's working so damn well. Like that, that's half of our rushing yards on just wide zone on wide runs. That's not even outside the tackle. That's outside the tight end spots. So this offense is killing it when we bust it out wide. And then looking defensively, few guys, I'm going to shout out here. Uh, Zachary Carter, Jerron Dexter, and Brent Cox Jr. have combined for 35 pressures so far this year. That's phenomenal. Um, 
when we look at Javon Dexter, he's got 11 pressures on just 52 pass, pass rush snaps. Like, that is incredibly efficient, and he has just been a wrecking ball. Last week, I believe, was his first technical start, uh, but he's been a heavy rotational player, and he's been demolishing teams. And, I mean, I'm hoping that this week, specifically against Kentucky, like, pass rush is going to be a big thing when getting to Will Levis. Uh, Jeremiah Moon is someone who I spoke about a lot in the offseason as someone who, you know, he, he's shown um, he, he shown flashes of excellence. He's shown flashes of amounts of excellence, uh, but he's, he has, he's never been very productive. We're going to look at his numbers uh, according to PFF. Uh, he's played 72 run defense snaps, which isn't a lot of run defense snaps, but in those 72 run defense, he's got uh, run defense snaps. He's got 10 run stops. He leads the team, by the way, 10 run stops. So that's tackles that result in a gain of three or less. And that, uh, if, if you need to be told, that is remarkable. Like that is very, very efficient. That is very productive there. Uh, he's also got eight pressures on just 44 pass rush reps. He's been doing it all. Because also when you look at Jeremiah Moon, he's been playing edge. He's been put with hand in the dirt, hand up, two points in, three points in, whatever, four points in if, if he wants to line up like that. I don't care. He's been playing inside linebacker. So he's been in coverage for 48 snaps. And he's allowing a passer rating of just 39.6, which I'll get to in a second. But he's been targeted four times. He's allowed one completion for two yards. That is fantastic, especially for a linebacker. Uh, but 39.6 is the pass rating he's allowed so far. And if you don't know, that's the equivalent of if a quarterback just spiked the ball every play. If a quarterback spiked the ball every play for a game, that's what they would have, a 39.6 pass rating. That's what you have when you target Jeremiah Moon in coverage. So, so he's been playing out of his freaking mind so far this year. Run defense, pass rushing, coverage. He's been a do-it-all type of linebacker. And, I mean, he he's helping himself a ton so far this year. Like I can't wait to see if he keeps up this insanely productive uh, pace and then Avery Helms, the last guy we're going to talk about. I mentioned him in the first segment. He's been playing very well for the most part, specifically the past two weeks, destroying in coverage. Uh, but he has been targeted 19 times in coverage. Avery Helms has been targeted more than any Florida Gator this year. Uh, he's allowed just eight completions for 45 yards. That is that is that is very very good. Uh, with a pass broken up to giving up a pass rating of just 49.7. So he's been on fire the past two weeks. I, and I don't want to be like, oh, play him every snap because it could very well be because he's rested up by switching him with Jason Marshall. But Avery Helms has been playing out of his mind so far this year. And, I mean, we've got just so many players that are being so productive in this defense, in this offense. This is a damn good Gators team, and I can't wait to see how it works out for the rest of them. I don't know about you guys, but football season's here, and I'm now – constantly reminded of how insanely athletic and the physique of these dudes. So it makes me feel terrible. I'm not committing to eating built bar as my snack instead of sugar filled snacks and crackers during the day. And I mean, I'm still going to drink during game day. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you there. Um, but built bar is how I'm getting through the day with my snacks. Cause I work from home. I snack a lot. Built bar is the best protein bar on the market. If you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like I do, it's been well-documented. That is no longer a problem. Built Bar is your low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber solution. You can even enjoy Built Bar if you're keto. 
Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Now we're going to wrap up this segment. It's probably going to be a little bit shorter, but I, wa- I wanted to test it out to see if people would be interested in seeing the historical numbers. I know for SEC schools, there's going to be a lot of numbers, but sometimes we play teams once or twice and then don't play them for 50 years, and now we got them again. And it's kind of fun to look at numbers there. Um, but we're going to take a look at the Florida-Kentucky series by the numbers. Uh, <laughs> first up, Florida's 53-18 and 18 all time, including a 31 game winning streak from 1987 to 2017 of course that means it ended in 2017 but then we've gotten right back into the wind column two straight years um that is like that is pure dominance because even if you take away that win streak uh we're still winning the series 22 to 18. uh so this this is just that is insane and honestly look i i like kentucky's team this year i think they're good I don't know if they're good enough to break it or good enough to stop us from starting another big streak. Like that's just, we got a damn good team this year. And I mean, I, I like how, how, how uh, Dan Mullins recruits have performed so far under him. He's shown that while he might not be a fantastic recruiter, dude knows how to develop talent. And that's more important than recruiting. If you ask me, like I, I bring up Georgia a lot as a team that, they, they bring in these high caliber recruits and they just, uh, they're essentially just like, all right, these guys are going to go out there. They're going to be the athletes they are. And that that's it. Now, they, they produce NFL players, but notice that most of their guys are, oh, they could be so freaking good if they get this development, that development, whatever it is. Um, Gators, we develop the guys in Gainesville. That, that's something that Florida does better than the huge majority of schools. doesn't get the credit yet. Uh, because Dan Mullen hasn't been here long enough to really see his guys, not like his recruiting classes, not only come in, but leave to the NFL and then be productive in the NFL. So we're still at that point where some of his guys are starting to get there, but we haven't seen it happen too much yet. Uh, So good luck, Kentucky. Uh, The away record for Florida is 22 and 10. This Saturday's game is of course on the road. Uh, It is, it is in Kentucky, but I mean, 22 and 10 on the road. Again, a lot of that's from a 31 game win streak, but a lot of this series is from the 31 game win streak. So that's just how it is. Florida averages 25 points per game at Kentucky historically, and Kentucky scores an average of 19.5 points per game against Florida in Kentucky. So, I mean, I think this game, I genuinely, I think both teams are going to score more than their averages. I think Florida is going to put up more than 25. Um, Partially because, you know, back in the day, back back in the olden times, um, games just weren't as high scoring as they used to be. Uh, you know, in the early, early mid-2000s, um, Spurrier put up 60, I think, or 70 once, I believe, 60 once, and then Urban put up 60 once. So it's like, yeah, our points per game are a little skewed because huge games like that. But uh, Florida's offense this year, better than they have been or better than they have been in the in the past, at least. Uh, Florida's defense is better too, but Kentucky's offense, they've got big playability. And I'm going to get into this tomorrow's show and Friday's show, but Kentucky's offense has big playability, and Florida's defense has shown big play susceptibility. So that's something where it's like, I, Kentucky kind of matches up well in terms of 
their offense versus our defense. I don't think their defense matches up well against our offense. And again, I'll get more into this, but I think both teams are going to score more than their averages show last year. Of course, uh, last year, Florida won the game 34, 10. Uh, it was getting those close in the first half. And then similar to the Tennessee game, Florida just came into the second half and blew the doors off the place. So, uh, it was just, I, I don't know if we'll see the same thing again. I think both teams are going to put up points this week. I'm, I'm, I don't know what the over is. I'm taking it though. I, I don't know what the over is, but I'm taking it. And I hope you're all ready for tomorrow because that's when we get into prediction time for Saturday's game. Feel free to send me your predictions on Twitter, uh, in the YouTube comments on this episode or tomorrow's episode. Um, leave a review on Apple podcast and give me your predictions. Maybe I'll read them out on the show. If we get any, uh, I'll read them out on the show. Once again, my name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole on Sports. We've got all of my written work. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E sports. Be sure to check out Lockdown Auburn, hosted by Zach Blackerby, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, Zach does a great job, but I also just wanted to I wanted to make fun of them. Uh, Bo Nix, TJ Finley, like they both suck and you're stuck with both of them. So I don't feel bad for you. I just, I just think it's funny and I want you to know that. Uh, betting on the Gators doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling is a lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you listen to podcasts.